The offseason officially begins for the NFL and for the New York Giants. How are they going to approach what is a critical roster building process that lies ahead? Look at a couple of models and try to determine which one fits the current state of the team. That's coming up your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, credentialed member of the New York Giants media for Locked on, and of course for Giants country over on the Fan Nation Network. And I want to send a special welcome out to my everydayers, my Blue Crew community members, my newcomers, and everybody in between. You're all appreciated and loved by yours truly. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, you know, I got to thinking, you know, watching the Super Bowl about just how unique the 49ers and the Chiefs are as far as how they built their rosters. And I thought to myself, boy, each one approached building their roster in a different fashion. And since the NFL is kind of a copycat league, I thought to myself, self, why not do a show on the, the approaches that they took and how it could apply to the Giants? In other words, what approach would be best for the Giants who are going to undergo a very important roster retooling this offseason? So we'll start off by taking a look at the Giants core just to kind of see where things stand. And then we'll look at the two different models and try and figure out what is the best way for general manager Joe Shane to approach what is basically a critical offseason rebuild? So that is today's show. Again, welcome on in to everybody. Thank you for stopping by and making us part of your day. Let's get started. And uh, I'm going to take a look at the core of the Giants. Now, I made a list of each position unit, and I wrote down the players that I feel are core guys, guys that they can move forward and build with. And, you know, I'll start with quarterback. Now the quarterback position, which is really kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this whole segment here, that's up in the air. The giants, you know, they're going to go with Daniel Jones because obviously they have to, because of the salary cap issues and the money that's involved. But can we honestly say that Daniel Jones is part of the core moving forward? I think the jury is still out on that. I think the Giants would like for him to be part of the core moving forward. But right now, I don't think we can say that. If for no other reason than the injury history that he's had and the inconsistencies. Now, some of you will say, well, with the inconsistencies, build the team around him and he'll be fine. But for me, the injury history is huge. You know, if he gets another neck injury, is he done basically for his career? If that ACL doesn't heal properly, and his mobility, that was one of his assets. If that's not there next year, how do you factor that in? You know, does that further diminish what he brings to the table? So, you know, to me, I don't think the Giants have a core guy right now at quarterback. 
I think that deposition is still wide open. Now, offensive line, which is a big one. I've always said that if the Giants can come up with at least three studs, guys that are, are you know, pillars, if you will, of that unit, they should be good to go. I think they definitely have one in Andrew Thomas at left tackle. I think center John Michael Schmitz can become one. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but, you know, I think he's on the right track. Beyond that, we don't know about the guards. We don't know if Evan Neal, the right tackle, is, is going to develop the way, you know, they anticipate he will. So for me, offensive line, you only have really two guys that you can honestly make a case for as being core members of the foundation for this team. Tight end, that's another shaky one. I mean, you can make a case that maybe Daniel Bellinger is a good TE2, but can you say that Darren Waller is going to be part of the long-term solution as TE1? I don't think he can, given his injury history. You know, I think they would have liked for him to do to be that guy, but, you know, based on last year, it just didn't work out, and I don't know that it's going to. Wide receiver. This group is not too bad. I think, you know, you can you can make a case that Wandell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, for sure, are going to be part of the core foundation moving forward. I do think you can count Darius Slayton in that group. You know, even though Darius Slayton, I know some people have mentioned that, oh, maybe he's going to be a salary cap casualty. I don't think he is. I mean, if anything, maybe you look to lower his number and extend him, you know, just to kind of keep his number down a little bit. But I think, you know, you have him, and if you add a number one receiver, a legitimate number one receiver to that group, then the wide receiver group, which wasn't horrible last year, becomes that much more lethal, in my opinion. Um, Running back, we don't know what's going to happen with Saquon. You know, right now over on on Twitter, or I should say X, the, the social media site formerly known as Twitter, I'm running a poll amongst fans asking them, do you think the Giants should franchise tag Saquon or move on. And last I checked, the overwhelming majority said move on and start a, start anew. So really, if you move on from Saquon, you know, you're know you left with really Eric Gray, who's, who was a draft pick last year. You've, you still got Gary Brightwell, uh, just Sean Corbin. You know, Matt Breed is going to be a, um, an unrestricted free agent like Saquon. Is any of those names, you know, really scary opposing defensive coordinators? I'm not sure that they do. So you can't really say the Giants have a solid core or pillar foundation um, at that position. Defensively, defensive line, Dexter Lawrence, absolutely a stud. He's he's a pillar. Can you make a case for Jordan Riley and DJ Davidson and Raheem Nunes Rochez? Good support system there, but I don't know that I would say that they're necessarily pillars. Inside linebacker, Bobby Okereke, absolutely he's a pillar. Um, you might make a case for Micah McFadden as being a pillar. That's, that's, you know, depending on your perspective on how you view him. Outside linebacker or edge rusher, you have Kayvon Thibodeau and you have everybody else. You know, if I, I would say if Aziz Ojulari were healthy, you can make a case for him being a pillar, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy and he's going into the final year of his contract and what's basically a make or break year. So basically right now you just have Tibbs and, that's it as far as your pillars go at the edge rusher. In the defensive secondary, um, if you don't re-sign Xavier McKinney, which I still have my doubts as to whether they're going to get that done, your guys are Jason Pinnock and Dane Belton. Belton is not bad, but he's not McKinney. 
Pinnock is not bad either. Um, I think he can be a pillar, but I wouldn't say that he's a main pillar, if you will. I think he's more of a support system. And then at cornerback, you have Deontay Banks, who becomes your CB1. Uh, Trey Hawkins, who may or may not develop into your CB2. And then you have, you know, the rest of the guys. You know, do you, do you, um, can you say that Trey Hawkins is going to be your CB2? Probably not yet. So what I'm getting at with, with having gone through this exercise is there's a lot of holes on this Giants team. But we knew that. We knew that there were a lot of holes. So that being said, if you're Joe Shane, what is the best approach to rebuilding the roster? Now, coming up, I'm going to talk about how the 49ers did it. I'm going to talk about how the Kansas City Chiefs did it. I picked those two teams because obviously they were the two Super Bowl teams. So we'll talk about the pros and cons of each approach. And then we'll try and figure out the best way for the Giants if we were in charge. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, thank God we're not. But uh, we're going to do it anyway, because why not, right? So anyway, that's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, football season might be officially in the books, but that doesn't mean the excitement of betting on sports is over. Because right now you can get buckets when you place your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. Head on over today to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Train on P-Train. And coming up this week on the Locked on Giants podcast, tomorrow I'm going to have the one, the only Bob Glover on the show. Bob Glover is a voting member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And our topic, our main topic is going to be, is Eli Manning a first ballot Hall of Famer? And if so, why? And if not, why not? So that's going to be our main topic. We'll also talk about some of the decisions facing the Giants in the rebuild uh, and, and a whole lot more. Bob Glover is fantastic. He used to write for Newsday. He's kind of retired now, uh, even though he doesn't look a day over, you know, 30, in my opinion. But, you know, he's put in a long career and he's he's not only a good friend, but someone, you know, as a young journalist, when I was starting out, he was on the beat a long time and somebody who I always looked up to as far as, you know, how he did the job and whatnot. So I'm really excited to have Bob Glover on the show. And then we're going to do a show later on in the week in which I'm going to run down the, the various position groups and I'm going to give you my thoughts as to whether the Giants should address them via the draft, via free agency, both. And then I'll give you some names. You know, so I'm not just going to say draft or free agency. I'll give you some names, guys that I think if the Giants can get might make the most sense. So that's two shows that are coming out later this week here on Lockdown. Hope you will tune in and check those out as well as all of our content here on Lockdown. Be a everydayer. We appreciate our everydayers and, of course, also our Blue Crew members. And basically, we appreciate y'all, but especially our everydayers and our Blue Crew community members. And by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, Blue Crew. If you're interested in becoming a Blue Crew community member's information is in the show notes. The uh, the link for more information is joinsubtext.com slash locked on NY Giants. So you can 
find that link in the show notes. And you can try us out for free 14 days. And if you like it, you do nothing. You continue. You pay $4.99 a month. If you don't like it, you cancel before your 14-day trial is up and you owe nothing. But meanwhile, you can get exclusives. You can text with me, keep the conversation going. We're going to do a community mock draft, which should be a lot of fun. I'm going to roll that out to my Blue Crew community members shortly. So we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for the Blue Crew community. Hope you will check that out. All right, let's look at the models of how the 49ers and how the Chiefs built their rosters. And again, I picked those two because they are the two Super Bowl teams, right? Now, two, the two teams couldn't have approached their building of their rosters any differently. With the Chiefs, they built it around their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. It was Patrick Mahomes, and then they kind of filled in around him. You know, they had a decent enough core in place with the offensive line, with some, you know, um, some offensive weapons and whatnot, but they continued to build around him. So, you know, he is the center part of their team. You look at the 49ers, Brock Purdy is not a horrible quarterback, but I don't think anybody is going to rush to put him in the elite category. All right. What the 49ers did in building up their team, they put a focus on building on the inside out. They built up the offensive line, the defensive line, and they just built from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. And, you know, we saw obviously the Chiefs emerge as the victory, the victor, excuse me, uh, in Super Bowl 58. So you could say, well, you know, the way the Chiefs did it is the way to go. But, you know, that's contingent on can you find a generational talent? at quarterback. They're just so hard to find. And only not only do you have to find one, but you have to be able to develop him. And the problem the Giants have right now is, you know, they probably have the coaching that can develop him, but they don't have the support system in place. So if you're the Giants and you're taking a look at, okay, do we build from the outside in and issue the quarterback position in this coming draft? and stick with Daniel Jones, or do we just grab a quarterback and say, the heck with it, we'll fill in all the pieces later. There's pros and cons to both sides. All right. The biggest con, I think, is that this quarterback class is deep. If you don't get a guy um, in the first round, and I, for the record, don't think the Giants are going to go quarterback in the first round. I think what they're going to do is go receiver in the first round because they have too many needs, in my opinion, to where they should, you know, be worrying about trading up when they don't have additional assets. You know, really, the only additional asset they have is that extra second round pick right now. They're not getting any um, comp picks. They're not getting, you know, unless they do a trade of a player, they don't have a whole lot to uh, a bargaining chips. So if you're not in the top, say, three to four slots of the draft, chances are you might not get one of the top quarterbacks and you might have to take a, a risk of one of the three falling down. And let's say that happens. Let's say, you know, the bears and uh, let's say, you know, the Patriots, for example, the two team, two teams that are drafting ahead of the giants, let's say they, they decide, okay, we don't want a quarterback. We're going to go and we're going to take a receiver or an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, you know, then the question becomes, 
does the quarterback that maybe the Giants like, does he slide down to them? Or does Washington maybe grab that guy? So there's a lot of what ifs dependent on, you know, what the guys and the, the teams in front of them are going to do. It's a risk is what I'm getting at. So if you're the Giants, you say, okay, if we don't get one of the top three quarterbacks, can we live with maybe getting a quarterback in day two? Somebody who we bring on board, we sit them down, you know, we let them sit for a year while Daniel, you know, assuming Daniel Jones is healthy, we let him start the season and kind of, you know, get back on track. And then after this year, when that escape hatch opens up from Daniel Jones's contract, we move on from him and then we put the young kid in. That's an option. All right. So the drawback, like I said, is you don't know if you're going to get the guy. Another drawback is Daniel Jeremiah, who is with NFL.com. He's one of the draft analysts, said uh, recently on, on X, formerly known as Twitter, that the early feeling about the 2025 draft class at quarterback is not as good as this year's class. So if you're the Giants, you're kind of in striking distance if you want to get a quarterback, to get your next franchise quarterback, if you don't believe Daniel Jones is that guy. You don't know where you're going to be next year. Remember, this is a major rebuild year. The Giants have to do better than they did last year. So presumably if they accomplish that and they do better, guess what? Then, you know, hopefully they're not going to be drafting in the top six or even in the top 10 next year, which makes getting a franchise quarterback among slim pickings even harder if Daniel Jones doesn't work out. So there you see the two dilemmas that Joe Shane has. You know, do you go and you just say the heck with it? I'm going for broke. I'm getting my guy. And I don't care if I have to move heaven and earth to get him. I'm just going to do it. Or do you say, all right, you know what? I've got so many holes on this roster and I've got to reinforce building from the, from the inside out before I bring a quarterback on here. Because if I don't do that, if I don't adjust the offensive line, this, if I bring a young quarterback in here, he's going to get beaten up like Daniel Jones did. So therein lies the dilemma that Joe Shane has got to answer. You know, he's got to look himself in the mirror and say, okay, can I get by with option A, option B, or option C? And, you know, I I keep saying that what they do in free agency is going to tell us a lot. Now, what I think they're going to do in free agency with the quarterback position is very similar to what they did when they brought on Tyrod Taylor. Basically, they when they brought on Tyrod Taylor a couple of years ago, if you remember, Taylor got the type of contract that had kind of like a slide in it. In other words, his salary slid upward if he was a starter versus if he was just a backup. So there were incentives that boosted his, his salary up. And that's how the Giants made it work. I believe that's what they're going to do in free agency. Now, spoiler alert, coming up on Giants country, we're going to have an article, which veteran free agent quarterbacks do we think would be the best fit for the Giants, for the scheme they run and so forth. Um, that should be out in a couple of days. I think that article will be out in a couple of days if you want to check it out. But who the Giants pick if they go the veteran route? And I do think they will go the veteran route because Shane basically said, you know, we would like to get a guy who, if Daniel is not ready to play come opening day, because, you know, his knee, he doesn't get the green light on that knee. We want to get a guy who can, you know, come in and start for us and win games. 
So read between the lines, folks. You know, they have Tommy DeVito on the roster. There's a possibility Tommy DeVito may not even make the 53-man roster if they go Daniel Jones, if they go uh, a to-be-determined veteran, and if they add a young draft pick. All right? So kind of read between the lines there. So those are the options the Giants have. Now, the cons, or, or I'm sorry, the pros, obviously, of getting um, a new quarterback, a young quarterback. If you're Brian Dable and you're Joe Shane, you now buy yourself at least another couple of years. So even if the Giants have a bad year this coming year, you say, look, we're going to go down with our guy. Daniel Jones is not who we drafted. He is not the guy, you know, yeah, we gave him the contract, but, you know, you, you look at why they had to give him the contract. It really, they were kind of backed into a corner, to be honest with you, with that contract. So they buy themselves some time to say, look, let's get our guy in here. Let's develop our guy the way we see fit. You know, Daniel Jones, you know, you whatever you want to think about him, at this point, he's become damaged goods. He is one hit away, one more neck injury away from potentially having his career ended. Do you really want to go forward into the season and into the future with a guy who, who is in that position? I don't think the Giants do. And again, if your goal is to get better, you have an opportunity now to get a quarterback. I'm not saying you get one in the first round, but certainly within you know the first two rounds, maybe look to get one. I think you have to take it if you're the Giants. And I think that's the way they will go. Now, coming up, we're going to take a look at uh, some final thoughts regarding this topic, regarding uh, how they approach the build. And, you know, it's not just about the quarterback. It's also, like I said, about filling in some of these needs. So we'll try to prioritize some of these needs so that they can kind of have their cake and eat it too, if you will, in terms of this roster rebuild. So please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, NFL offseason, what offseason? Pretty soon we're going to have the combine coming up, then the free agency period, then the draft, then spring OTAs, and it's just going to be a busy and productive time. And boy, am I thankful for DoorDash. Those days when there's no time to cook or when I need a delivery from my local pharmacy or grocery store, I know I can depend on DoorDash to bring me what I need when I need it. DoorDash is the inconvenient. Just download their app. Find the establishment from which you want to order and select from the menu options. You'll get what you ordered or they'll make it right. So the next time you're in a pinch and you need something right away, let DoorDash deliver for you. DoorDash, your door to more. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And we're talking about the roster rebuild that Joe Shane and the Giants have in front of them. Now, Shane has said um, uh, in a radio interview, he said this a couple weeks ago, that they've identified what their needs are. They kind of have an action plan in place. As we know, plans can go astray because, you know, you're competing with 31 other teams, maybe for what guys that you want. Um, unexpected things happen. So if you don't have a plan B, C, and D, in addition to your plan A, then you're not doing your job right. So that being said, earlier in the show, we looked at um, the core of the Giants roster as it stands, the uh, the pillars, if you will. So basically, I think we can all agree the Giants need help 
across the board. So how would we prioritize it? And it, it, you know, quarterback aside, we'll put quarterback aside. If you're saying to yourself, okay, how do we prioritize the rebuild? This is how I would approach it. Obviously, number one for me, get a wide receiver one. All right. It's going to make a huge difference to for whoever the quarterback is. So definitely get a wide receiver one. Now, op, uh, priority 1A, offensive line. The Giants, you know, they still apparently believe in, in Evanil at right tackle. I'm not sure what they're basing that on. Um, I don't know how new offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo thinks as far as, you know, uh, as far as Evan Neal and if he is indeed a right tackle or if he's better off moving to left guard, which I think he would be better off, you know, playing, go, go back to the left side, put him next to Andrew Thomas. And I just, I think maybe he would be a little bit better over there, but, and just address right tackle in free agency. If you can go all out and get yourself a offensive lineman in free agency. So I don't know if that's, you know, how they're thinking, but that's how I would approach it. So 1A would be a wide receiver 1. 1B would be uh, offensive line, preferably a tackle guard. You know, Michael Wanu is the guy that that I'm hoping the Giants can make a run at, the New England Patriots guard tackle, which would give them some flexibility. And there are other guys that will give them that flexibility, but, you know, we'll talk about that in an upcoming show. So for me, those are two critical positions the Giants have to address if they're going to build from the outside, from the inside out to make it, you know, to make the, the quarterbacks, whoever the quarterback is, to make his life a lot easier. Running back, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Saquon. I know uh, my gut feeling tells me that they'd like to get something done with Saquon. They would like to have him finish his career as a giant. I don't think that they should, you know, again, it's one thing the Giants have been guilty of, and I can't, you know, I feel bad about slamming them for this, but I've got to. They tend to get a little too um, sentimental about certain players. You know, we saw it last year with Sterling Shepard, who they kept on the roster. And you guys know how I feel about Shep. You know, he was always one of my, you know, one of my favorites. But I also felt that, you know, why was he on the roster when he didn't play special teams didn't really contribute as much on the field. I felt like they were putting sentimental reasons ahead of business reasons. And football is a business. And sadly, you know, there's just no room to, to allocate a roster spot to guys because you have a sentimental attachment to them. So with Saquon, look, Saquon has been a great player for the Giants in terms of, you know, he could do a lot of things. He can, um, he, he's been a wonderful locker room presence. He's respected in the locker room. Um, his teammates love him. The organization loves him. He's been the face of the franchise, all that good stuff. Totally get that. But he's also had some injury issues, which we all know. And last year we saw how they started to kind of cut back a little bit on his, um, on his reps. You know, he was, he wasn't in there as much on third down, for example, you know, so you got to ask yourself if you're the giants, do we really want to tie up a lot of money in a guy that maybe gives us another two years tops 
do we want, or do we just say, you know what, Saquon, it's been real. Thank you. We're going to let you go to another team. From a business perspective, I think that's what they need to do, especially if they're going to target a number one receiver in the draft. Because look, coaches will tell you it's a good problem to have when you have, you know, a number one receiver and a number one running back who can be a, a you know receiver out of the backfield for you and a number one tight end. There's only so many balls to go around, folks. And you've got to prioritize. And, you know, you, you look at the, the 49ers. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have um, Brandon Ayuk. Um, they have they have uh, George Kittle. They have number one guys at those positions. Um, Debo Samuel, uh, who, who's their, their gadget guy. There's only so much to go around, I think. And for a giant team that needs so much right now, you have to really ask yourself, can we afford to splurge on those skill position players or do we just prioritize them and say, all right, well, wide receiver one is our top priority, then a running back and then a tight end or, or maybe you flip running back and tight end. So these are the, the questions the Giants need to answer truthfully. How they answer it is going to tell us a lot about how this offense moving forward is going to be shaped and also how they're setting up for a potential quarterback, uh, whether it be Daniel Jones or a new person coming in. So a lot of what the Giants do, starting with free agency next month, should give us some hints as to what they're going to do in the draft and how this roster is going to look. It's going to be interesting, folks. But one thing's for sure, the Giants have got to be smart about this. They've got to be smart. They've got to be judicious with their you know, their limited cap resources that they have, and they just cannot devote uh, roster spots to guys that they have a sentimental attachment to. I don't want to see that. And that's not me being cold-hearted. It's just business sense. So we'll see how the Giants approach it. And uh, as always, we will bring you all you need to know here on the Locked on Giants podcast. So that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Giants. Again, tune in tomorrow. Bob Glauber will be my special guest as we talk about Eli Manning's Hall of Fame candidacy, amongst other things. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I'm Patricia Trainer. Giant fans, I'll see you tomorrow.